0: And welcome to The Bungalow, we're here for episode one, i um, joined here by great mates Timmy and Liam, um, how are we boys? I'm good, Jackie boy, I'm good, how are you? Well, I'm a little bit nervous if I'm honest, it's, uh, episode one, so I think for the first sort of couple of minutes or so we might be shaking out the nerves, but bear with us, it's our, it's our first time, so we're just trying to uh, see what we can conjure up for episode
1: one. Tim? Yeah, no, I'm good, pretty nervous, but you know... That's what you get for the first ever episode. I know, so right. hopefully there's more to come and we can see what, how our confidence flies up.
0: Mm, it's definitely going to be a bit tricky to sort of build up the confidence for the, for, the uh, for the start of the series. But um, let's just talk about the podcast as a whole. Um, we, we'd, we'd say the aim of the podcast is sort of just to put ourselves in a space where we can voice our opinions and um, perspectives on all things life, everything... Nothing's really going to be off-limits for this, for this podcast. Um, it's sort of one of those things that we've been talking about for, I'd say, about three, four years now. We've been sort of playing with the idea of just sitting down in a room, sitting down in a bungalow. That's why we've called it The Bungalow. Um, over the years, we've sort of found that we've had our deepest and most meaningful chats and discussions sort of in a bungalow or a shack or some sort of... Um, Space like that, whether we're uh, sober or not. Um, so and they've been some
1: very interesting conversations. If you want to be a fly on the wall in those rooms, I'll tell you what, <laughs> they have been very interesting. Um,
0: and hence the name, The Bungalow Podcast. So, like I said, this is definitely our first time, so we're just uh, just bear with us. Um, so we are three very different and very bold personalities. So, I would say that things um, they will flow naturally, seeing as we've been friends for a long time, but at times. Me and Tim in particular have very different opinions, so... Absolutely. Like you said, Tim, this could get red <laughs> I'll light. be the fly on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I think Liam's going to be the middleman with a lot of these uh, these big discussions. Um, but it, in a general consensus, we sort of want to know what you guys want to hear. We don't want to talk about what we want to talk about. We want to know more so what you guys want to hear about. Um, so we'll kick things off by sort of letting you guys get to know who we are and and why we're here today doing what we're doing now. So I'll um, I'll shoot the mic over to Liam, um, and I'll let him sort of just tell you guys a bit about himself so you can
2: put a face to, to the audio. Liam? Well, I'm Liam. I'm 22 years old. I'm the cousin of Big Timmy sitting next to me. I'm originally from down in Melbourne. I actually moved up to this area, which is now Wood End, when I was about grade three. So... I'm, I've lived up here for a while now. I went through high school here. I went high school up in Bendigo, and now I'm actually studying Bachelor of Fitness down in Footscray at the moment. So uh, most of my days I'm doing uni. I'm working at night at Woolworths, and I'm basically just going to the gym. There's not much to do at the moment, really, is there, Jack? Well, there's not really. Um,
0: we're just sort of taking each day as it comes, hence while we're sitting in this room talking to ourselves, basically. So... <laughs> so- I think we just want to know then why you sort of want to do this podcast and what you're hoping to achieve from this sort of setting that we've got going here.
2: Well, I've always kind of wanted to do a podcast. I've spoken to the, to you boys about doing it a few times, but it's just just never come about. So I think we've just got we've all got the same kind of passion with, especially sports. Um, you guys like talking about conspiracy theories, and a lot of the time we seem to clash. So we thought it would be good to get behind the mic and really, you know, let people hear it, hear it firsthand. Um, I think it's a great start. We obviously, got to start somewhere, and we'd obviously like to build up, and Jack, you aspire to be in the media at some point. You're doing mm. a lot of work with Woodend in the media, so hopefully can it can help you up. going forward.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's sort of one of those things that we just want to start to sort of get the ball rolling, and then things will obviously branch off, ideally, and open a few different avenues, so... I guess it's my time to talk about myself, is it? What do you want to... <laughs> I'd
2: like to know a bit about you. What, what are your aspirations, Jack? Well,
0: well I, I'll, I'll run with your little, um, your little program there. And I'll just say... So I'm Jack. I'm 22 as well. We're all pretty much the same age here. Um, I've... Yeah, like you said, we've always talked about doing this. Um, I've been the... Sort of aspiring to get into this sort of... Type of work for a few years now. I, um, I've always just sort of worked in factories and crappy little jobs with all you guys, basically, since high school finished, and we sort of branched off, and now we're doing our own things, um, so I do the social media for the footy club that you guys play for, so that's the Woodend Heskett Football Netball Club, um, so I just do a lot you of... You guys being me and Tim. You guys yeah. being me and Tim, yes, yeah, yeah. sorry, <laughs> not not the audience, I'm sure there's a few of you out there that do play for the club, um, but basically, yeah, so, I'll, um, I'll talk about how I got to know you guys when we do that, so... yeah. I've known, I think I, um, I knew Tim first, so I've known Tim for about s- seven, eight years, would you say, Tim? Yeah. Yeah, it's about that. About that. So, we met through mutual friends. We won't won't get into it today, but um, we sort of, Liam's just got a live
2: message from, I just had a message from <laughs> from, from... <laughs>
1: Did you message him first? I messaged
0: him, and you he has replied. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to that later on in the episode. That's some, uh, some controversy. Already, already the podcast is starting off with it. Oh, yeah, some that's breaking news. A Did ask a question. question. Big um. So yeah, so yeah, me and Tim met seven or eight years ago through mutual friends. We'll we'll get into that in a bit more detail down the track, but um obviously Tim introduced Liam to me and um then me and Liam sort of became really good friends and now we're obviously here together today so um for me I want to do the podcast because this is sort of the area of work that I want to be a part of so um and obviously I'd rather do it with you guys than by myself so I can talk to you guys about all these things that we want to talk about um and I just want to sort of open up a few doors and avenues nice career-wise possibly but um Timmy, let's let's kick things over to you. Tell us a bit about yourself, mate.
1: Well, I'm Tim, 24, um, originally from Epping, Epping, South Morang. Moved up to Carl's not Kytan or Woodend, right in the middle, Mm. uh, when I was 13. Um, You know, just been, went to Kytan Secondary, met most of the boys there. Felt like i have been here my whole life, but, you know, only been here for about 11 years, Mm. which is only 11 years only 11 years <laughs> which is not as you know I was in Melbourne for 13 so you half a bit older my too, life. So. No, I'm a bit older so um got to know well Liam was born when I was 2 years old but oh, probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life but <laughs> 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 nah he's a good kid um I'm the youngest of 7 so mm. yeah been spoiled bullied one, would you say? spoiled and most bullied I would say <laughs> uh test dummy and the golden child so, you know, everyone else got a bit of a scraps of everything and I got everything that was brand new, which is great, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. um, so, what I want to achieve in this podcast just get, I've always, I'm a very strong opinionated person. I want to get my opinion out there, mm-hmm. but I don't do it on social media context, so I try to keep my mouth shut on those. Uh, it's more behind the scenes with you, isn't it? It's more, more behind, behind the scenes, yeah. Look, face-to-face. I know what's going on. I know what's happening in the world right now. I know what's happening. Tim knows everything. There's stuff that, you know, conspiracies that are going around. I look into them, but I never, never voice out. This is probably that's where that's why we're that's here. Why today. That's why we're so here. So I can this actually, yeah, so I can get it across and get your guys' opinion, which is great. Uh, but especially what's happening in the world right now, we've got, we've got a massive pandemic going on mm. right now. The coronavirus. Uh, us living in Victoria, probably harder than the rest of Australia. Yeah, we've. We've had, a, well, we're up to 4,000 active cases as we speak. Yeah. Uh, maybe 4.3,000 4. or 4,300 or something like that. Yeah, it's high numbers. We've got, you know, aged care facilities, more than 700 in our aged care facilities, which is, to us, that's that's deadly. Yeah. That's not what we want to see. Um, people in lockdown, especially in the CBD, in Mitchell Shire, we do mm. feel for you guys out there. Making things very hard for everyone, isn't it? Oh, very hard. And the... What the coronavirus? Yes, is extremely deadly, but my biggest concern is actually been the, the suicide rates around yeah. people being by themselves, mm. being lonely. We've had over what, a thousand, over a thousand deaths just yeah. from suicide since the lockdown started three months ago, and only about 100 and, 120 deaths. If correct me if I'm wrong, from coronavirus. Yeah, which I think the the pandemic's not the biggest killer. I reckon the suicide, the suicide rates.
0: rates and it's sort of been swept under the rug um, from the media's perspective I'd say they're sort of more focused on obviously the active cases and um, obviously this pandemic sort of scare factor tactics but um, like you said the suicide rate's sort of been sort of under noticed
1: and it's gone without any attention so it should be in the media in my opinion oh, um, I've, had, I've had some troubles with mental health in my past time yep. uh, nine years old Uh, you know, uh, I had my mum that had a lump on her neck, and uh, we went to the hospital. Just happened to have the day off that day of school, which was you know, big positive for me at the start of the day. But at lunchtime, finding out mum had uh, stage one cancer, which is extremely lucky. She had malignant melanoma, which is a type of skin cancer. Um, So hearing that your mum has cancer. Especially the young, the young age, young not age, understanding yeah. it as much as well. Thinking if, if you have cancer, you're going to die. Mm. Not really, you're going to recover. It was a big hit. Uh, four years later, I had a dad. I had my dad actually, at the time he passed away. Uh, he's alive now, which mm. I'll get to the story. He, so he, had, flatlined. He, had a, he flatlined for an hour and a quarter. Um, he had two arteries block up. And what they call the widow... The widow make a heart attack because you're not meant to survive from 99% chance of dying, yeah. and he just happened to be that one percent, which is a miracle in my eyes. But he was he was younger. He was in his 50s, healthy, working all the time. Just one day, just collapsed, and uh, on that day, in 2000 2009, so you know, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, it was that was a big hit. I think that was the biggest hit with my mental health. Um, I still remember to this day. He was at my, his father's house, which is my nonno, seeing Italian, nono, yep. said a grandfather. And um, I walked up the stairs. There was a, you know, concrete stairs at the back. Walked up the back to see your dad lying on the floor, mm. white. Um, it's pretty neat, it's just never going to come out of my head. Yeah. And seeing four paramedics and four firefighters giving him CPR for an hour and a quarter. Mm. Sitting there wondering. Would you would you say
0: that 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 early childhood trauma sort of like it was like a domino effect with things that l- happened later on in life and it was sort of maybe made you a bit more vulnerable to, to mental health issues possibly oh, absolutely. later in life.
1: And yeah, well, I didn't have a bad childhood. My parents are perfect. They've, yeah. they've never done anything wrong. It's just other circumstances you can't help. Um, I was also, at the time, playing hockey, which these boys know. I was I was semi successful. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was good at I was talented at it. Mm. And at that time that was in my mind that was the I was good at. I played since I was four till I was about eighteen. So I was uh, playing multiple representative squads, ranked everything. Just yeah. and I think the fact of being watched twenty four seven I was playing seven days a week, playing for multiple teams, being scouted, watched by multiple teams yeah. to go play for them and the feeling of being judged. So high pressure. High pressure, absolutely, high pressure, being judged and now at a point where I don't play anymore. due to a, a knee injury which set me back and I lost the interest. Did you that say then, you fell out of love for I the sport? I fell out of love for the sport because yeah. of the competitive side just killed it. But the expectation I think to,
2: was too high for you in
1: the end. Yeah. And, and that was the only thing that you really loved in life? loved well, doing. in my life, that was the only thing I knew. And then, and you, and then you fell out of love with it, and then you were yeah. sort of left with no... Well, I felt important at the time, because yeah. I was constantly... People wanting me 24-7. They, Everyone wanted me to play for their team, and yeah. now I'm at a point where I feel like it's disappeared, Yeah. and no one knows who I am. But I'm okay with that. I think I've grown up to the point now where no one, not everyone needs to know who I am anymore, yeah. how good I am at stuff. And stuck.
0: you've learned you've a lot of lessons along the way with things that have happened in your life, you've had past relationships, obviously that, yeah, that didn't go obviously to plan, but, um, yeah, you sort of had those little hiccups that have sort of made you who you are today. and
1: Yeah. Well, I've had some, you know, long-term, uh, relationships that didn't end the way you want it to end. Um, especially with other people getting involved, if you know what I mean, (laughs) but that's, that's just life. That's just how it is. At the time I was in a bit of a hole, but I've come out of it probably better than ever. I think I would say, but there's, there are people out there still struggling. And there's people in their 40s to 50s to 15 years old that yeah. are struggling with mental health. And we really urge people like that to go out and speak up. There is multiple programs out there like Mental Health Australia, RUOK Foundation, The Headspace, Beyond Blue. We've got Mental Health Australia. We'll read out the number just for you guys out there, which is 98261422. Unbelievable service. Yep. They they will look after you no matter what. Yeah. And we beyond blue who have a phone number. They've got like two hotlines. They've got they, two so hotlines. Yeah. So they've got one if you want to call up, which is 1300 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But if you don't feel like talking on the phone, I know people like me. I'm not a big talker on yeah. the phone. And we I'd rather text. And we've
0: actually used this this text line service that you're about to talk about. Oh as well. yeah,
1: and I'd rather text honestly. In my opinion, because you start talking, you don't know what you're actually saying. With text, you can read back and you can actually you get know what's going on. Well. You yeah. get nervous, which that number for you guys is oh four double seven one three triple one four, and that's available from five thirty to nine thirty PM seven days a week. Yeah. There is also Lifeline, which is one triple one four, and again they tw- they're in the hours of nine to five, but they're very good. Service yeah. as well. We've got Lifeline, uh, Live for Life, sorry, which is a website we can donate to if you if you believe you just want the mental health stigma to get yeah better. We've got li- Live for Life with, and help out with helping people donate to that. Live for Life do foundations, they do programs, they do multiple things to help That's out. That's a
0: bit more of a local service for us as well, isn't that? It? Yeah, of like especially around the massive
1: Rangers. Yep. and Are You Okay as well, which is also an unreal yep. foundation to get through. But what about, what about you, Liam? I've talked about my hardships in my half-life. What about you? In 2018, you had a serious knee injury. I just want to know how you went through that.
2: Yeah, uh, well, I did have a bit of a hiccup. I was an um, aspiring footy player. wanted to make it to the top level. Um, I knew it was going to be tough. I was playing under-18s, and at the time I was also playing indoor soccer just with Tim and a few mates up in Bendigo. Um, unfortunately, I got taken out, and I... Um, did my knee, so I actually did my ACL and my meniscus. I ended up waiting about three months to get told that it was just a meniscus injury and to sit out for a while, so I did that. And then I nothing was getting better, so I decided to get scans, and they then said, you've done your ACL, your meniscus, so you're gonna need surgery. Uh, ended up sitting out another another few months until I had surgery, and then another year after surgery. And by then, we were halfway through a the season. There's no point playing, so I ended up missing two full years of footy in my last years of under-18s. Um, no I, really
0: important years that you miss as well. It's sort of like when you were blossoming into an adult body as well, sort of.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was kind of in between. Like, I was getting ready to come into the seniors, but I still had two years of 18s left. Probably played my best season the year before I did my knee um, in the 18s, and obviously getting told you're not going to be playing for, like, another... Over a year, it obviously... Like, that's massive, and I obviously shot my confidence. So when I came back to playing footy, I had to jump straight back into seniors, and uh, I had no idea how I was going to go. Obviously, last year was my first year back, and now, obviously, this year, the whole season's gone, so we're yeah. not playing until next year, so it's just...
0: Well, I mean, you didn't have a bad season last year, rising star right off the bat, so you had a good return.
2: Yeah, for my standards, like, yeah. um, I didn't think it was a very good season, but um, obviously, yeah, just, just missing those few seasons with the knee... Um, I'd never had any previous real injury, so that really hurt. I was, I had to sit back every weekend and watch all my mates play footy, and basically I could do nothing. I couldn't run for a while. Um, it took a, like a massive toll on me, um, but I I did a lot of hard work to get back. I started to hit the gym, so I wasn't just a small skinny stick anymore. Um, it's kind of
0: made you realise that, you know, it's like there's some things don't really work out as you as you plan, and you have to sort of. Improvise and be patient with things.
2: Yeah, well, I guess if that didn't happen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been who I was today. And like the footy as well, I got, I got a new perspective on footy and life in general. Um, I mean, it's a lot different when you, when you're playing every week to going to watching the games from the sideline every single week and not being able to do anything. I guess um, that's when you can start to help and um, help your teammates out. But um, you definitely learn a lot in the end. But that's probably my, my hardest. Um, stage of life so far
0: was the would you say the timing of the injury as well was sort of amplified the significance that it had on you and your mental health the timing in terms of you obviously in a relationship as well at that stage and that sort of came to a close at the wrong time which obviously no doubled the (laughs) the impact of it I mean yeah also you were young and it was just like a thing of the past but the timing of it
2: it obviously wasn't a good time. Obviously, it didn't happen at all. Yeah. Um, no, I just... Yeah, I mean, it was the end of the... It was actually... I think actually it was the start of the, start of the year. And um, that's when I did it right before our footy season was about to start. So, I actually... Uh, yeah, I did, I did the knee. And then I went back. I went to the doctors and they said it was fine. So, I went and played a practice match a week later um, footy. And then halfway through the game, my knee just clicked and it was gone again. And that's when I knew that something was really really bad and obviously the timing was obviously some other stuff going on at the time that wasn't wasn't helping and um yeah basically the rest is history
1: but when when we talk about we'll talk more about july so when you had your surgery you you were 19 turning 20 it was just before your birthday or just after your birthday was it or just before
2: Uh, just after my
1: 18th yeah so you know, you fell out of a relationship and surgery at the same time, the impact of your life going from a complete 180, so you, you know... And you've just turned 18. Just turned 18 as well. You, you were, you know, in a, in a relationship and you were playing footy and months come by and it's, there's no footy, there's, you know, she's gone. What, what, how did, how did you, how did that impact your life?
2: I mean... Yeah, it was tough, I mean, everything changed, I was, um, my whole living arrangements changed, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't drive for a while, I couldn't walk, I was just sitting in bed, just basically doing nothing for months, I remember my birthday was just miserable, just, I remember a few of my mates, I think you guys came over, um, I just sat there and played 2k, I, it was just like, it was just horrible, because I couldn't do anything, um, you know, I just kind of fell in a hole for a bit, I couldn't work, I couldn't do
1: anything, so, um, that was definitely really hard and how important was it at the time I remember at the time you were talking to us telling us how you were feeling, how you were down tell with the audience listening, how important is it to just talk to someone, do you reckon? No,
2: I think it's definitely very important to be able to speak up to it, especially if you've got some close mates that you can just talk to, if you don't want to talk to anyone um, even if you don't want to go and talk to any of the men- mental health services if you've got some close mates that you can trust um, speak to them about it they, I'm sure they can relate um It's definitely very important to speak up.
1: Yeah, exactly. I 100 percent agree with you. What about you, Jack? You've had some problems in your with uh, injuries and <laughs> health related. We'll let you explain <laughs> it. Well, health related, but we'll let you get into it. How yeah. how's that impacted your hardship in your well, life? Well, I mean,
0: with Liam talking before about having to sort of like watch your mates play footy and sitting on the sidelines, I've been doing that for a while now. Yeah, um, you have to. So obviously, I was playing footy with all you boys. Um, I was sort of growing up with... I won't get into too much medical yeah. lingo because it gets a bit annoying and no one really cares, but obviously a few ankle issues growing up, which obviously deteriorating got worse and it got to the point where I sort of was at the the peak of my abilities with obviously playing with injury. So I finally made seniors, which was like a massive achievement for me in my life and we always sort of talked about that being like having that bragging rights, that, that sort of seniors game under your belt. Um... But, um, yeah, and then obviously I did my ankle, like, the second game, second seniors game, so, like, it was just like a, like, what the hell, like, I finally made it, and now it's just like, oh, now it's all falling apart, so, went so, to the hospital, and they basically just said, you can't play footy ever again.
1: So, and, what actually happened in that, remember it was the second seniors game, Yeah. what happened to your ankle at that point? Well, I mean, it was
0: always, I'd always been, play, I'd played with pain, and I'd always had that, that bone disease that I'd I won't get into, but... Like it was a very minor just like a little shuffle of the foot and it just sort of popped and turns out there was like a big chunk of bone that was floating around but um yeah that was a bit of a like a whoa like everything was falling into place you know I had like obviously what I thought was a, like a healthy relationship at the time Yeah. playing seniors I was like I'm on top of the world and then you go to a and they say like you're never gonna play footy again and that sort of goes back to what you said about hockey being your only passion yeah, footy was my only passion. Then it was just taken away from me forever. I didn't, I wasn't given a choice to whether I want to leave on my own terms. I just had to just like step away, and hence why I sort of am as close with the footy club as I am today, because I sort of want to get as close to the action as I can without being able to get on the footy field. But it's 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 been other stuff as well. Like we've all had losses, you know, we've lost family members and stuff like that. That obviously takes a little hit, but. I sort of wanted to talk more from the perspective of not understanding mental health. I think me and you, Tim, had a... um, We sort of never really saw eye to eye over the last few years before I realised and learnt about mental health as a whole. So I was always in the mindset of, you know, people faking it for attention and I didn't believe it. Like, how can they... How can someone be depressed if I see them every day and they're happy and they're smiling and they're on top of the world, but most of the time that's just like a brave face and then when you actually um hit hit that wall yourself you realise that oh shit
1: yeah but it's just it's just an understanding you see people all the time smiling and you know people on here that know me I'm always a happy I was always a happy smiling Mm -hmm. person joking around a bit of a smart ass but you know I had those I had those uh (laughs) I had those (laughs) demons inside me which people never really understood um Especially and, me, I never understood. Yeah, but I'm, um, you know, I didn't expect you to understand as well. There's some things that people just don't understand and you don't have to make them understand, but you know what's going on. Like, you don't have to have a massive trauma to be depressed. You, it could be something minor. It could be mo- major to you, but minor to someone else. Yeah. And that's where, when people talk to you, don't just play it off as just, oh, you're just you just being hmm. a sulk, or you just, you know, If that's you don't nothing. want to come out on the weekend.
0: Yeah, If one of your mates, for anyone that's listening out there, they don't want to come out and do something and it's becoming a regular pattern, there's a reason. So you've got to just take that into account and you yeah. got to check on them. But um, I mean, I sort of grew that understanding for these things that we're talking about sort of over the last year and a half. I think the Mass and the ranges and sort of our friendship group as a whole has sort of gone through some, uh, some really intense sort of trauma. Yeah, we've lost a lot of close friends to to suicide, to mental health, um, and it's really. I feel like as a community, we've sort of come together, and we've slowly started to chip away at that stigma. Yeah. Um. So that's sort of why we're doing this episode today, just to sort of help put our foot forward in the um in the the issue that's at hand.
1: And again, I spoke about it earlier about the numbers we're going to talk about it again we're also going to put it on a caption for our Instagram and Facebook yeah. if you guys want like to give it a follow but we've got Mental Health Australia which is 98261422 we've got Beyond Blue which is 24 hours 7 days a week 1300224636 and we've got the text line which is oh four double seven one three triple one four. And we've also got Lifeline which is one three triple one four. They are always And these, welcoming, are all, linked. these all, are all linked. All linked and they're they're very welcoming people. They are unbelievable souls out there that really do care about you but And a lot of this stuff is voluntary as well. Exactly. Which is, which is crazy. But if you can't if you don't wanna call someone, just I advise you grab two beers, grab three maybe, go see your mates and just talk. And you can always message us. We've got social media platforms everywhere. If you don't, if if, you know some of your mates are a bit distant at the moment, just always message us. One of us boys will talk to you. And we'll give it to Liam for the wrap-up. We just want to thank you guys for listening to our very first episode of The Bungalow Podcast.
2: Let us know what you guys want to hear moving forward. Uh, Follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, at The Bungalow Podcast. Thanks for listening.